Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Let's turn to the last bit of today's program, and it is time for a bit of trash talk uh, with Marcy Trentlong. And this week, Marcy talks to the founder of Feeding Hong Kong, Gabrielle Kirstein, about their efforts in reducing food waste and also providing food for those in need. Hey, Trash Talk listeners. On this show, we're always about ways that we can stop sending waste to our landfills. And in 2011, our guest today, Gabrielle Kirstein, started an initiative to take surplus food that was going to be tossed out and circulate it back to those in need in Hong Kong. So Feeding Hong Kong now rescues 68 tons of surplus food a month and in turn supports over 180,000 meals for vulnerable people. So a special welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's a big success story. Maybe you take it back to the beginning for those of us that would love to make as big of an impact as you've made in Hong Kong. Well, thank you. And I mean, it all started with volunteering, which is a story I always love to share, especially when we have volunteers coming in. Um, So I've been in Hong Kong since 2003 and came over and I was working in communications and events, but I'd always volunteered um, as a kid, you know, growing up with my family. And so I was looking for a way to volunteer in Hong Kong. And I found myself volunteering with this wonderful environmental charity, helping out on a food waste project. And the whole you know, goal of this project was to encourage composting, was to encourage people to separate their waste and to compost it. And when I got involved, you know, what I was expecting was to, you know, find scraps of food, mouldy food, food that was past its best. And very quickly realising that so much of the food that was ending up in the bin was good food, was food that was still in date, was still packaged, was still fit and safe to eat. And so very quickly, this composting project turned into a project to try and collect and redistribute this good food. That is so interesting. Yeah, so that was 2009. So it was a, you know, it was a, a passion project. I mean, I had a full-time job and it really started with connecting with some bakeries. Uh, Predomanger was our, our very first food donor. Um, and just working with them to collect their wonderful fresh food at the end of the day and instead of it being thrown away, making sure that instead it was going to help um, some local charities. So it started quite small, but then this just the you know word of what we were doing started to spread and we started to have companies coming to us saying we hear what you're doing with Pratt you know could you do it with our bakery chain could you do it with our supermarket chain and so very quickly realizing there was really a gap and the gap was very specific you know the food food surplus is there and I think Anybody who works in the food industry is passionate about food. The Uh. last thing they want to do is actually throw food in the bin. But they want to make sure that if they are going to donate, it's done safely, it's done sustainably, it's done professionally. And it's also going to help the people that, that need support the most. So that was really kind of the message we were hearing from the food industry. And then in terms of distribution, there was no shortage of need. And I think this is for many people is still a surprise in Hong Kong that that we're talking about a population that that has so much is so affluent and yet 20% 
of people living right now in this city are living below the poverty line. And that includes one in three seniors. It includes one in five children. And so on the one hand, we have surplus food. On the other hand, we have a need for food. And so Feeding Hong Kong has really grown to try and fill that gap, to be the organisation that connects companies, food companies, with frontline food charities. And so when I was looking at your stuff, I kind of saw through that you really, in a way, are doing logistics. You're in that That's connection. 100% what we're doing. It's all about logistics. <laughs> because one of the things in your latest newsletters, which, by the way, Feeding Hong Kong has a great newsletter, and I encourage everyone to go to their website and sign up for it. But in the latest one, you said that you work with 132 charities, and it only costs you, Hong Kong, $5 to source, store, and deliver a meal for someone in need. Now, that's very inexpensive. So maybe yeah. you can unpack that a little bit, you logistic dream whiz. <laughs> well, I don't know, of course, I'm a logistics genius. But anyway, we are, I think what we're trying to do is because food surplus, and we very deliberately use the word food surplus instead of food waste. It's only waste once it's in the bin. Up until the point it's in the bin, it's a resource, it's, it's, it's food that can still be eaten. And so the reason our cost per meal is so low is because we're not going out purchasing food. What we're doing is rescuing that food. So where we're investing our time, our resources, our expertise is in transportation and in storage. So we have a fleet of trucks. We're going and we're picking up from food companies as well as delivering to frontline charities. But most importantly as well is that central warehouse that we have. So we have a facility. We've got 11,500 square foot where the food can come into. And then in this space, we can do sorting. We can do quality assurance. We can take donations from over 300 different companies. We can sort. We can categorise. But then we can make sure for any one charity that we deliver to, we're trying to match the food we have with the needs of their centre. So, you know, baby food, we're going to redirect to a charity that's serving, you know, babies. And so having this central clearinghouse for donations is essentially what it is, enables us to do that. Um, but that is where we invest. And that's why we're able to operate at such an efficient cost per meal. And so you say that's where you invest, but you are a non-profit, correct? So we're a non-profit, exactly. So then those... We don't charge our charities um, a service fee yet. So any, any charity that joins the Feeding Hong Kong network, so we go through a lot of due diligence, we do site visits, we're, we're making sure we understand how they work and how they're supporting the community so that we can advocate for them when we're going out to our food donors. So we do spend a lot of time on that, but once a charity is a member then all of the food we provide is a, is a pure donation through to them. Um, so where we're, you know, we are reliant um, on financial donations. So we're, we're not a government funded um, charity, we're a non-subvented charity. And so we're reliant on donations from, from foundations, from companies, from community groups and individuals. But for, from a donation point of view, I really do feel like it's such a, a compelling story because this, you know, to think that every $5 you donate is ultimately going to feed somebody. And also it's helping the environment because we're ensuring that food isn't unnecessarily ending up in landfill where it's really got this negative impact on the environment. And then you've got the positive side 
of you know the positive social impact we're we're feeding people but we're we're also saving charities money so instead of them having to go out and buy you know spend more and more of their budget on food purchasing we can offset that by not supplying 100% but but trying to supply what we can to them free of charge so frontline agencies can then reinvest their money in directly feeding we've always said we we're, we're not frontline what we know is transportation we know warehousing and food safety so that is a big part of what we do so we're we're dealing with with not just ambient food but with fresh and frozen and so we have the facilities we've got walk-in fridges walk-in freezers we're doing screening of the food when it comes into the warehouse we're doing temperature checks you know we're making sure to the best of our ability that food is going out to the community which is which is safe to eat yeah and have you ever gotten like tripped up with the food regulations where that's been a challenge especially maybe at the beginning i mean i guess when preta major or whatever was done with their bread for the day they could just hand it to you and there's no issues there? I mean, yeah, it must so I think be this is where a little we kind of, complicated. I mean, we about I mean, I think the, the food safety is the most important thing. So we're always making sure that, that you know, we are confident in the food we're distributing. I think that the area where there's a lot of confusion and so a lot of opportunity is around labelling, is around dates. So at Feeding Hong Kong, we're working to expiry date. So an expiry date or a use-by date is a food safety date. That is the date at which the manufacturer, the food company is saying, past this date, this food can no longer be guaranteed that it's safe to eat. So you should throw it away at that point. But so much food has a best before label on it. And a best before is the manufacturer saying, at the, you know, up until this day, I'm guaranteeing that the quality is premium. You know, it's the crispiest, it's the crunchiest, the, you know, the smell, the color, the flavor, everything is the best it can possibly be. It doesn't mean at midnight, it's bad and you throw it in the bin. And there's very often a, a significant window between the best before and the expiry. And so what we do is we work both directly with the food manufacturers to make sure we are always aware of what that use by or expiry, as well as we're a member of a global food banking network, where again, they're getting guidelines from the food industry themselves on how long past a best before a product is, is good for. Um, we will not ever gamble on handing something out. And I say disposal, we never ever send anything to landfill. We work with, we've got partners that we work with as well on food recycling. So even if we deem that it's not safe to distribute, we are going to make sure that that food is then going to be recycled. It's not going to landfill. So then you guys would break it down, like if it's a tin or whatever, baked beans, and it's past its expiry date. Would you like open it up and dump it? Up no, there? so you... we've got some great partners who will do that. We'll do the separation of packaging and yeah. Okay, I think I need to interview yeah. those people. Yeah, we will put you in touch. <laughs> we've got a couple of great partners that we work with. <laughs> oh, it just never ends with reuse, reduce, recycle, right? It just keeps moving down the exactly, supply chain. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's been a bit of a tricky couple months, and for you guys, I know it has. Um, yes. And maybe you could talk about that, and maybe in light of like how you've seen the food scene change a little bit in terms of what you're supplying to your charities but also the food surplus that you're getting from your normal donors yeah and it's there's a lot that has changed and i think so i think if we look back look back to february i mean for us things literally changed overnight end of january early february and it was in three key areas so first of all food supply so our normal channels 
just change completely. So we have a number of programmes. So we have um, a retail programme where we're picking up from bakeries and supermarkets because of everything that was happening. You know, everybody was shopping. If you remember, we went through that phase where there was a run on the supermarket. So obviously that was impacting donations. Um, bakeries stopped their donation programmes overnight as well. Um, so retail was very seriously impacted. Um, airport programme. So one of our biggest sources of donation is our, our surplus um, food items from inbound flights into Hong Kong. And so we saw it as a gradual decrease. So in the first month, it was a slight, you know, we were down about 15%. Then it was 35%. And then we hit March and obviously things changed dramatically. We are still getting donations, but it very much was in balance with that reduction of flights into Hong Kong. And then we had our wholesale programme, and this was the interesting one. So wholesale, we had an increase. So these are mainly distributors, people that are or companies that are donating pallets of product to us. And the reason those donations were coming through is it was product that was destined for hotels, for restaurants, for catering. And because dining out, you know, dramatically reduced, this food was getting backlogged in supply chains. And so we had companies and really kind of shout out about these companies that are going through a tough time, but we're taking the time to pick up the phone to us and say, look, I have got 10 pallets of beautiful food, which is going to go to waste. I want to donate it. Can you help me? Can you take this food? So that's really where we saw the increase. Um, so that was on the, the food supply. Then the next thing that hit us was we rely on a lot of volunteers. So we have over 180 volunteers each week that are supporting us at every point along. So collecting food, sorting food, packing food, delivering food. You know, we can't do what we do without volunteers. I mean, they really are the backbone of, of feeding Hong Kong. And we rely on a lot of corporate volunteers. And so when you know, Hong Kong moved to work from home, Obviously, corporates can't, you know, on the one hand, be saying stay at home, but please still go on to your volunteer shift at Feeding Hong Kong. So our corporate shifts all stopped overnight as well. But this is where, again, you know, for every challenge, it was there was also an opportunity and there was also, I think, a, a, a bright note. And for us, it was individual volunteers. So individuals really stepping up and, um, you know, coming forward. And we're now, every time we post a shift on our um, volunteer calendar, it's full within two days. So volunteers shifted and then finally the charities. So again, charities themselves. So senior centres that in January would be having you know, large groups coming into their centre to sit down to have a hot meal. Tutorial centres that have got children coming after school. All of those programmes stopped. And even charities that were handing out to people coming down to, to their centres, again, could no longer do lineups of people outside the centre. So we've had then this bottleneck in the, the warehouse of we've now got the food, but how can we distribute it out to, to our charities? Safely. Safely, exactly. So there's yeah. been a million pivots that we've done in the last three months. But I, I think very much it's been about just communicating with all of our partners is is understanding that things were changing, you know, day to day, week to week. Now we're hoping month to month, but really just understanding at each point, where can we slot in? Where can we help? Where can we best redirect our resources to be able to keep food flowing from where it's surplus to where there's need?
That's well, it sounds like it's been a really challenging time. So I'm going to call on all Trash Talk listeners to please, please go to your website. You just Google Feeding Hong Kong. It's it pops up right away. Um, and they have a very convenient and easy calendar for volunteering to work in the warehouse. You have to be 18 and to distribute food as well or donate, of course, and to keep this very important charity alive during this time. So um, it's a really brilliant, brilliant idea. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. Many thanks once again to Marcy for this week's uh, Trash Talk. And she was talking to the founder of Feeding Hong Kong, Gabrielle Kirstein, about uh, reducing food waste and also providing food for those in need. Trash Talk will be back again next Monday. Mm-hmm.